You're listening to a free audio-only recording of my show, Rebel Roundup. Tonight, my guests are Sheila Gunn-Reed and Kean Bexty. Now, if you like listening to this podcast, then you would love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to premium content. That's what we call our long-format TV-style shows here on The Rebel. Subscribers get access to watching my weekly show as well as all the other great TV-style shows, too. It's only $8 a month to subscribe, or you can subscribe annually and get two months free. And just for podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new premium membership by using the coupon code PODCAST when you subscribe. Just go to premium.rebelnews.com to become a member. And please leave a five-star review on this podcast and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those reviews are a great way to support the Rebel without ever having to spend a dime. And now, enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite Rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. Say, remember our Fight the Fines case regarding Walter Matheson of Hampton, New Brunswick? He's a senior who was issued a Wuhan virus ticket by a policeman for sitting alone in his car in the parking lot of a Timmy's? Well, do we ever have an update for you? It turns out the cop's feelings were hurt by our video, so Officer Snowflake, well, he sicked his lawyers on us. Just will you hear what Sheila Gunn-Reed has to report. And it turns out that Kian Bexty was way ahead of the curve when it came to predicting that the Justin Trudeau Liberals would charge forward with virtual citizenship hearings during this global pandemic. Kian correctly predicted this would be the case about a month ago, and now the Liberals have made it official, but only to select media outlets, of course. Kian shall reveal all. And finally, letters. We get your letters. We get your letters every minute of every day. And I'll share some of your responses regarding my recent visit to an Antifa protest outside the U.S. consulate in Toronto. And once again, I left the demonstration wondering why it is that those on the far left are so completely unable to articulate their positions. But wow, they sure love to dish out profanity. Those are your rebels. Now let's round them up. Ticket, leave the parking lot now, sir. Let's another one. Next one goes up to $1,000. Really? Yes. You can get up to $10,000. How many have you so given moved. out today? You're the first. Well, I feel so, so good about you're that. You're lucky. You're the first. You're the first asshole went back. However, Walter brilliantly recorded the interaction and then he gave it to us. Now, I hate being part of this story. I really do. But today, I'm part of the story because... We've now received a legal threat letter on behalf of the cop who ticketed Walter. I want to read this letter together with you. And I'll stop as I'm reading to point things that I notice out to you, if that's okay. Because I am almost 100% certain this lawyer did not watch the video or read the accompanying website article 
before firing off this bullying and threatening letter to us at Rebel News. Okay, here it goes. Dear Sir or Madam, regarding Constable John Thompson and article Aggressive Bullying by the Police. Now, I just want to point out that she got the address wrong. She spelled Eglinton wrong. It's Eglinton, not Ellington. Not off to a great start. Please be advised we represent Constable Thompson respect to the above cited matter. We understand one of your reporters named Sheila Gunn-Reed published an article, Aggressive Bullying by Police. The grammar here, it's not great for a legal letter. There are extra commas just hanging around all over the place. We understand your reporter recorded a conversation without the knowledge of Constable Thompson. No, no, you definitely don't understand that because I didn't do that. Next time, watch the video before sending off a letter about how bad that video is. I say repeatedly in the video that the recording of the interaction came to us by way of Walter Matheson. He recorded his own interaction with a cop and then sent it to us. I definitely wasn't on the other side of the country sitting in a Tim Hortons parking lot with a man I absolutely didn't know at the time recording an interaction with a cop. Remember that 1998 movie, There's Something About Mary? I think we should give serious consideration toward making a flick entitled There's Something About Hampton, New Brunswick. First we encounter an inexplicably angry and foul-mouthed cop giving a senior a ticket for having the utter temerity to sit alone inside his car at a Timmy's parking lot as he consumes a muffin and coffee, which is apparently a hot button when it comes to spreading the Wuhan virus. And then this same officer gets triggered by our Fight the Fines video about the incident to such a degree that he sicks the local law firm on us to demand, well, demand what exactly? That we cease and desist the practice of journalism? Yeah, there's something about Hampton, New Brunswick, all right. And with more on this tale of maritime madness is the recipient of that legal letter, Sheila Gunn-Reed. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, my friend. Hey, David. It's so great <laughs> to be back in studio. Well, you, you know, Sheila, um, it's great to see you in person. And I have to tell you, the clip ended with that lawyer suggesting that we... Um, that the, the recording of the conversation yeah. was illegal. Now, first of all, A, you didn't record it. No. Secondly, even if you had, we have in Canada uh, basically one-party consent. Yep. In other words, if you were to phone me and record our conversation, that's completely legal. Um, if somebody else, a third party, recorded our conversation right. and neither knew it, that's illegal. So I guess what I'm leading up to is... It's almost as though this partner at this law firm doesn't even understand the basics of the law. What do you make about this? You know, I think she does understand the basics of the law. Oh, okay. She doesn't understand the basics of Rebel News, nor does she understand the <laughs> basics of Sheila Gunn-Reed. It felt like it was a form letter. I suspect her and this cop go around, and this is pure speculation, but just how um, my name was filled in in between two commas that didn't need to be there. It looks like this was a form letter that they dish out to a lot of other people they'd like to shut up around town. Uh, small town cop, small town lawyer looking to bully people. Um, but we've got big city lawyers. I'm not a big city girl, but I'm not about to be bullied by lawyers, by cops. We didn't do anything wrong. Walter didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. From eating the muffin 
to making the recording. Walter didn't do anything wrong. And it was pretty clear the cop didn't even do, or the lawyer didn't even do the most basic level of intel on us or even read the website article or watch the video before she fired off this legal demand letter which culminated with a demand for me, a journalist, to turn over my recording over to the Hampton RCMP. A, a recording I didn't make, by the way. Well, you know, what you said, this makes it even worse, I think, Sheila, in that she knows full well what the law says, but she's, I don't know, carrying out a bluff. She's thinking, we'll be too stupid or too intimidated uh, to stand up for our rights. Right. So um, that is spectacular. And also, um, you know, folks, I gotta tell you, you have to see the original video because the this is a self-inflicted wound yep. by uh, the officer. Um, Sheila, if I recall, I'm going by memory, he tells Walter Matheson to get out of the parking lot. Mm -hmm. Walter Matheson starts complying. Then the officer gets in front of him to prevent him from complying and then gives him a ticket for not complying. Right. It, it is astonishing. But in terms of the form letter, let's get back to that. Some form letter, because as you adroitly point out, it's full of typos and spelling errors and commas just hanging around. Like, it's such a lack of professionalism. Yeah, she got even the address wrong, so I'm kind of shocked <laughs> that it even got to us. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm not even clear if they're accusing me of defaming the officer involved Indeed. because it didn't say this is a notice of defamation or libel. It just sort of stuffed in the middle that um, publishing this police officer's words defamed him. Well, if there's defamation happening, then he certainly defamed himself because right. we didn't add or take away any of his words yeah. there. We took out a lot of dead air space in the middle, but we didn't reduce what he had said. Um, he's the one who swore at Walter Matheson, called him an a-hole yeah. because he all Walter really said that was even remotely confrontational, and you can hear the recording, Walter's not, um, is that he said this is still a free country. Yeah. You know, that's what the cop took real offense to, <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy. And, you know, maybe I need Walter to remind this police officer again that it is indeed a free country, and you can't just confiscate journalistic materials because a cop doesn't like what he said in a recording that was given to a journalist. It's absolutely crazy. But Shelley, getting back to your first point, the letter itself is completely confusing. Mm -hmm. it, it is, it, are you suing us for defamation? Is this in a letter of intent to sue unless we modify our behavior? What is this letter? I mean, I can't believe this was written up by a professional law firm in the first place. Apparently it is a professional law firm. Apparently the lawyer involved was a candidate for the, you guessed it, Liberal Party of <laughs> New Brunswick. Failed candidate. Apparently she got her clocked clean by the local conservative. Oh my goodness. Um, so I wonder if she knows a, li a little something about us. Um, however, she doesn't know all that much because had she watched the video that I initially did with Walter, she would have known that we have a high-powered legal team that yeah. involves uh, Sam Goldstein, who's a bencher with the Law Society right. of Ontario. So the, these are not pro bono lawyers that we're working with. 
um, our, I think it's our second largest expense here at Rebel News is legals. Yeah. It's making sure we get things right, making sure we don't run afoul of defamation and libel laws. It's it's helping people. Yeah. And and so in the case of fight the fines, this is basically Canadian Civil Liberties Association work. They're just obsessed yeah. with getting criminals out of jail during this pandemic, and yeah. that seems to be it. Yeah. So had this lawyer actually watched the video, she found to be so unacceptable, she would know. Look, we've got a lawyer involved. If we were defaming a cop at some point, surely one of the I don't know five, six lawyers we work with on a day-to-day -day basis would have said this is defamation, but it isn't, it wasn't, and um, we're not backing down. And there was a clip later in the video, folks, she, I mean, and please watch Sheila's entire uh, video, as well as the original report in Fight the Fines, where our commander, Ezra, phones the law firm, yeah. is put on hold, and then is told by the secretary, I mean, that the partner didn't even have the courage to, to come to the phone, right, yeah. uh, Sheila? and say uh, she won't be talking to you. As you point out in the video, what if Ezra was there to say, yeah, we surrender, we're gonna comply, <laughs> mea culpa. Yeah. They don't even listen to our side of the story. <laughs> no, and, and I, that's why I think it was all designed to spook us. Um, they weren't expecting Ezra to call. They were just expecting us to pull down the video and wipe any um, website copy from the website. I think that's what they were um, anticipating. So when they got a phone call from Ezra, I'm sure that put the fear of God in that lawyer because now she knew, well, now welcome to Thunderdome lady <laughs> because yeah. you're not going to bully us. Oh, and, and that was the smartest thing she did, not taking Ezra's call because that, that she would be made mincemeat. I'm almost feeling sorry for this cop now, uh, Sheila. Uh, I mean, when I remember the original video, uh, he's so jovial at the beginning, and then he turns on a mm -hmm. dime into, you know, he goes from Dr. Jekyll to Mr. Hyde. Um, but the ultimate cherry on this fiasco Sunday, I think, is that which is known as the Barbara Streisand effect. Yeah. In other words, if they hadn't sent this letter out and you hadn't done that video, I mean, that video's only been up a couple of days. It's over 125,000 views, I believe, right? Yeah. I think it might be more views than the original video. So people, in other words, that didn't see the original Fight the Fines Walter Matheson yeah. case, thousands and thousands of people are now aware of this cop's wretched behavior in that Tim Hortons parking lot and they only have themselves to blame. Well, and that's the thing. I actually didn't, in that entire video, say the cop's name. <laughs> Not even once. I haven't even said it right now, and I'm doing that on purpose. Walter didn't say his name. Sam Goldstein, our lawyer, didn't say his name. Nobody said the cop's name at all. All we did was we put it on the name key when we were running the audio recording so that you could tell when Walter's talking versus when the cop is talking. And we knew the cop's name because his name is written on the ticket. Yeah. Um, and it's not a secret. It's a salient part of the story. It's part of the who, what, when, where, why yeah. of it all. So, I mean, there was no reason for us to, in, to exclude it. But I also didn't think it was, I generally don't have a problem with cops. I kind of feel bad for cops being forced to, enforce all these horrible COVID-19 regulations. So I didn't have a problem with the cop, even though he was kind of poorly behaved. I had a problem with the law that gave an, uh, an elderly man a ticket for eating a muffin. But now I do have a problem with this cop because he made it my problem because he went to a lawyer <laughs> to try to <laughs> confiscate my journalistic materials and now everybody knows his name. So well done. 
Well, well Sheila, <laughs> when things get back to normal, whenever that might be, we have to cover this trial. I have to see this club wait. on the stand. I, I, I can't wait either. Mm -hmm. And listen, folks, if you live in Hampton, New Brunswick, I'm sure it's a great little community. I'm, I'm sure there's tons of wonderful people there, but there's at least one vindictive cop and one apparently incompetent lawyer in that town. And like I said, can't wait until that uh, case uh, goes into the courts in the months ahead. Keep it here. More Rebel Roundup to come right after this. One month ago, I published some alarming news. A source had come to Rebel News from within Immigration Canada. We were told that the Trudeau government was creating online citizenship factories. Because of his insatiable desire to mass import new voters into this country, he couldn't let COVID get in the way of his plans, even if it meant opening up the process to fraud. Just like any journalist would, we reached out to the department with questions, asking for their side of the story. They told us, to hold on while they prepared a response. They said they would get back to us soonest, whatever that means. I smelt something fishy, so we published what we had. We trusted our source, and that is when I said this. Now, the reason why we're sharing this story with you now as soon as possible, the day we actually received this email back, but before they could explicitly confirm that this is happening, reasons are twofold. One, we are very confident in the veracity of our source, and B, because the federal government has a bad history of leaking stories like this to friendly outlets, friendly outlets to Justin Trudeau, like the CBC. That was a month ago. The government kept responding to my email saying that they needed more time. And now look what they did, exactly what I predicted. Virtual citizenship ceremonies coming for new Canadians whose dreams were crushed by COVID-19, says the CBC. They said that in a statement to CBC, the department, Immigration Refugee Citizenship Canada will then work to implement virtual citizenship ceremonies for other cases as quickly as possible. So they told me to wait, to hold on to my story while they farmed it out to the CBC. It's to give wannabe Canadians a sense of security, you see, according to the state broadcaster. The state broadcaster goes on to say that Vancouver-based immigration lawyer, Zul Suleiman, said that those who have gone through the hoops to become a Canadian should be granted citizenship. There could be financial reasons or purely political or social reasons. That's what he said. Those are his words, not mine. At least they admit it. Well, there you have it, folks. While the Wuhan virus global pandemic has put the brakes on so many things we used to take for granted, this is clearly not the case when it comes to our citizenship quotas. After all, there are so many potential future liberal voters that need to get processed. And that, my friends, is clearly job one in Ottawa these days. And joining me now in studio is Kian Bexty. Welcome once again to Rebel Roundup, my friend. Thank you for having me, David. Well, it's always good to have you live and in person. And Kian, as you pointed out, when it comes to officially announcing what you unofficially announced a month ago, the Liberals can't be bothered with a press conference for all journalists to attend. They have to selectively reach out to their trained SEALs, in this case, those at the CBC. This is all about controlling the narrative, isn't it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, the Liberals want to make sure that when a story with really bad optics is coming out, that a friendly voice is able to frame that conversation. Every political party in power 
does this, Jason Kenney does this, Doug Ford does this, but usually not to the extreme where they will ap like actively uh, lie and mislead Report, lie to and mislead reporters uh, so that their story is stopped. I mean, like if if a reporter is about to break a story and they come out with questions, they're not just going to like mislead you so that you hold on to your story just a little bit longer. We're, we're coming to you, Kean, with your with your answers to your questions, yeah. uh, and then they push it out the back door to the CBC. Normally, they're not so disingenuous, but with Justin Trudeau, the CBC, and his government bureaucrats. Well, you know, Keen, the way I look at it, you, you don't buy a half-million-dollar Ferrari and leave it in the garage all year. I mean, you could take it out and drive it. And they're putting uh, $1.5 billion into the CBC alone. I'm not yeah. including the newspaper bailout, the, the magazines, yeah. the McLean's Fund, and on and on it goes. So, um, uh, listen, you, you, you may as well make what, use of what you're paying for. But what kills me is the CBC not doing what might even resemble journalism. Now, maybe you agree with virtual citizenship hearings or not, but in a story like that, you should at least raise the question, what about fraud? What about mm, citizenship yeah. fraud? There's nothing there. This is like a cheerleader writing the copy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, you might remember back in 2015 when Canadians in uh, November, uh, in November, or maybe it was September, were upset about uh, a new Canadian, to use the Liberals' term, uh, use, uh, wearing a, a face covering during the citizenship ceremony. Yeah. This was right before the federal election, and it was one of the one of the huge things that framed that federal election debate. Huge. And uh, most Canadians thought that this, well, a lot of Canadians, I shouldn't say, because, uh, of course, most Canadians elected Justin Trudeau. Um, lots of Canadians were upset with this. They thought that it opened up the door to fraud, and that was wearing a face veil in a room with a judge present with all of their peers there as well. Uh, and I, I thought that was egregious. I think a lot of Canadians agreed, uh, but clearly uh, they, the, the leftists won. And now anyone can walk into a citizenship ceremony with a face covering and pretend to be whoever they want and say that really sacred oath, swearing allegiance to Her Majesty the Queen, her heirs and successors, and become Canadian. And now, it's over the internet. So they don't even have yeah. to be in Canada to do this. And when you say anyone, we have the proof, because anyone is me. You're looking at somebody who went wearing a niqab to uh, vote in the federal election, and I, I was not asked that. to unveil, right? <laughs> I mean, yes, I had to take out of my purse my identity, but that could have been anyone under that mask. That was the point of the video. And, you know, we, we should look at the uh, bigger picture here too, uh, Kian, from a political viewpoint, and whether it's you don't really care who you're swearing in as, as, as citizens, or you're not concerned with you know, irregular migrants, i.e. illegal aliens, just flooding into Canada under normal times, of course, at border crossings such as Roxon Road. This is really about, I think, changing the demographic base of Canada. It, it is about the Justin Trudeau liberals saying, uh, yeah, come into Canada, you're welcome, there's no litmus test. Just all we ask in terms of quid pro quo is that every four years, you check the red box when you go to vote. This is what it's kind of all about, isn't it? That's exactly the problem. Uh, Justin Trudeau is trying to, Justin Trudeau has done a lot of things throughout his time as Prime Minister. He's silenced the media, he's muzzled them, and he's paid them off so that only the, peop the media that is actively supporting him are able to report on stories. And two, uh, he's changing the demographics and voter base of Canada so that he will remain in power for a generation. These people coming to Canada, and lots of people like Jason Kenney want to 
act like new immigrants are largely conservatives because you know they have small businesses and they they work hard that's not really true mm -hmm. we know that's not true the numbers don't back that up whatsoever and it doesn't matter how many times Jason Kenney says that that's not true most immigrants who come to Canada will vote liberal actually most immigrants will vote for the government that brought them in so while it might have been a little bit more true when Stephen Harper was uh, in power and Jason Kenney was the one signing all the immigration certificates it's not the case now and Justin Trudeau is bringing in way more refugees and immigrants than ever ever before now I want to also talk about something that I didn't quite cover in the video okay uh, it's not just that um, it opens it up to fraud in insofar as who the person is I mean at the end of the day it's it's tough to spoof who you are forever the problem is that these new immigrants when they're coming to Canada they have to be in Canada for a long time to show that they actually want to be in this country they want they, they expect to be uh, contributing to the economy major problem is that these folks can leave Canada they can mm -hmm. take a boat to the United States they can take a boat literally anywhere uh, they can they can leave the country and the Canadian government doesn't really keep the best records on who leaves the country they only keep records of who's it comes into the country so someone from Beijing for example could get out of the country could, could say okay officially I'm here on January 1st uh, and then they get on a boat they leave be it to the United States or elsewhere uh, and then they they Skype into this video conference because of course we know people want this citizenship but they don't want to live here this is a yeah. parking lot for them this is where they come to buy real estate this is where they come for a get out of jail free card for their children uh, for health care for their children education for their children they want to continue working in Beijing and yeah. this gives them the perfect route to do that the, the, the literally smallest amount they need to do to become Canadian they will do it yeah that's well said I think there should be more to being a citizen than just having a convenient country as a safe haven for your wealth yeah. in case things go sour in the country that you're currently living in well you know uh, Keanu, it was a great uh, report just want to uh, one last thing too what really bothered me was that going back a month ago when you broke this I think you reached out to the proper bureaucrats or spokes thingies in Ottawa and they said they were going to look into it and get back to you and they never even had that courtesy either. No, uh, they never got back to me. I had to follow up with several emails, and they yeah. just said, hold on, hold on, wait, wait longer. Uh, and this isn't just this case that this has happened. Actually, just before I walked into this room to do this story, I got word that, a glo uh, that Global News had published a story that I was looking into in February, and th in this case, <laughs> it was the RCMP. I reached out to the RCMP and asked them about a helicopter crash that happened up in the Wet'suwet'en area. Yeah. Uh, they flew a drone into their own helicopter and the helicopter uh, went down. So there, uh, uh, there was this huge story that I was giving this tip on and I reached out to the RCMP. They said, Kian, just hold on, just wait a second. We'll, I'll, it's a long weekend, I'll put, it, put out my feelers. That's literally what they said and I'll get back to you. And I said, okay, great. And they never did. And it sort of fell off my plate and I didn't push as hard as I could have. Um, but at the end of the day, they ended up pushing it out to Global News. Amazing. Well, there you have it, folks. And remember back in October 2015, do you remember Justin Trudeau saying this was going to be the most transparent government in Canadian history? Well, yeah, it's about as transparent as a uh, block of black marble. Keep it here. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. Hey, man, what brings you out to this uh, protest? Did you hear me? I'm sorry. What brings you out to this protest? I'm not going to give your trashy rag a talking piece. Fuck off. You are a cartoon, my friend. Wow, that, that seemed like cartoon. Keep your distance from me. Keep your distance from me. Can't you articulate your point? 
not to you. I'll happily talk, here, talk to you online. You can message the event page on one of the organizers. Why would you want to talk online? We're right here. These people. I don't want you near me, and I don't like your organization. Are you Antifa? I'm anti-fascist. Why do you use fascist? Why do you use fascist tactics and claim to be Antifa? Who use the tactics? You don't know who I am. Why are your comrades in the U.S. burning down black mom pub? Why do you know who I am? You don't know who I am. Why did you say my comrades? Well, that's what the press release said. You're standing in solidarity with your USA comrades. We're in solidarity with people being arrested right now in the states. Seeing what happens. How does burning down mom pa black again, businesses again. stop? Stop putting your position think, on me. Uh, I'm asking a question. I'm not making an opinion. You keep saying you. You say you as you as if you know who I am. You don't know who I am. Okay, how, I'm doing something. Okay, fair enough. How do American anti-fascist members burning down mom pa black businesses? How does that bring about social justice? What the fuck does that have to do with anything? Who am I? You don't know who I am. You keep asking me a question as if I'm related to them. I'm not related to them. Well, you have an opinion, don't you? I have an opinion. I have an opinion that fascists like you are the enemy. That you're what makes me a fascist, ma'am? Are you with these guys? No, I'm just a journalist covering this, actually. You're with Rebel Media? Yeah, we know their history. You know, it's kind of funny. My grandfather spent five and a half years fighting the Nazis in the Second World War. Mine too. Both. Thank you for his service. Both of my sides of the family escaped the Nazis. I'm Jewish. I'm married to a Jewish woman. So how does that? What a joke. That's a joke. That's interesting. Oh yeah, I know a black guy too. Hey guys, you got a fan club over here. Wow. See, this is the problem, folks. They never can quite articulate their opinions. It descends into profanity. It descends into slurs. It descends into insults. And I was just trying to have a civil discussion with that purple-headed woman, and uh, it went nowhere. Oh, I know what you're thinking, folks. That was Antifa? Yeah, pretty pathetic, to be sure. Let's just call those Toronto protesters outside the U.S. consulate Antifa light, because really when you organize a protest, yet you are utterly unable to articulate what it is that you're protesting, well, that is the hallmark of a lightweight to be sure, isn't it? In any event, here's what some of you had to say about those dazed and confused anti-fascism protesters. Jason writes, it's ju it just astounds me. The level of mental deficiency is astounding and really concerns me. I'm in my early 50s and I can only hope some level of sensibility will prevail in my lifetime. Oh, I feel your pain, Jason, but thanks to our hysterical overreaction to the Wuhan virus pandemic, I truly think we are living in a period of peak craziness. I can never remember the world as barking mad as it is now, and I think it's only gonna get worse. DBDB writes, Pinkie Pie got baited so easily, geez. Indeed, DBDB, this was supposed to have been a piss and vinegar Antifa protester, and the organizer gets triggered when I ask Zzer to respond to some basic questions? <laughs> some protester. Radix writes, their last anti morpha, well said. Thanks kindly, Radix, and it's based on simple observation. Antifa dines out on the tactics of fascism, especially violence, 
No truth in advertising there, my friends. Ottinger writes, Menzies, I love your responses to the idiots that can't answer your questions. Keep up the good work. In all honesty, Ottinger, they really do make it easy for me. But not everyone was a fan of the coverage. Ricky Balboa writes, Rebel News? More like fake news. Ricky Balboa, you kind of remind me of those Antifa light members that were so unable to articulate their positions. Indeed, what makes that particular video fake news? I just wandered into a protest and started asking demonstrators questions as to why they were there. And they were unable to explain why. Look, you might be embarrassed by the, perf by the performance of your fellow comrades, but that ain't the definition of fake news, my friend. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night.